This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Life Made Better. We are bringing back one of our favorite guests and partner in crime, Trish Leggett. Patricia, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Fleur. <laughs> Very special now. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. So we were chatting with Trish. For those of you who are new on the show, Flair, Trish and I have organised uh, retreats in the past very successfully, straight after the pandemic, we may add. Trish and Flair know each other for a long, long time. And I just brought into this magical circle um, and we could not help by working with each other because I think that's what happens when you align and when you have these beautiful energies synchronizing so we were just talking not so long ago and we just realized that everywhere that we were going we seemed to have people asking when was the new retreat coming what was the next one because people were feeling that they were in need for that. Um, as luck would have it, we, well, Flair and that um, going to magical Morocco on holiday, Trish on her side received also information for a lovely venue in Morocco. And I was just telling them how much I needed sun. And these things happen literally in the space of three days. And we were like, we cannot avoid the signals that are happening right now. We must follow this lead. There is something about retreats. There is something about Morocco. And we decided to put it together. But that is not the only reason why Trish is with us today. Obviously, we are very aware that we are coming off a period of massive uncertainty. It's been two years where the pandemic has hit us hard. And Trish was no different to any others. Trish, you may have heard us. She was in the podcast with us almost three years ago, I would say, Trish. Yeah. She's a very successful yoga teacher. Her yoga practice is always full. And so when the pandemic started, obviously, as every single entrepreneur out there, she had to shut down the practice that she had going. She pivoted us, did some other things to keep her afloat. But, you know, it was also hit by the pandemic and it's been a period of uncertainty for herself too. So we wanted to bring her back in to chat a bit how she found this period. What did she do? How did she manage to continue to be centre, grounded, positive and, you know, a flaunt to Trish. Thank you again for being with us. Um, and yeah, tell us a little bit about how has this period been for you? Yeah, well, thank you very much for that lovely introduction, Lithia. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, really. During the pandemic, just being part of it, I think we've all, we were all slightly traumatised in some way. Even when you turn on the news today, I think it's still there. Um, but yeah, yoga therapy is, has been my rock, really. So I always had that to fall back on. So more than ever, I was finding it was all about um, helping people over Zoom during the pandemic with their emotions and their mental health. That seems to be the root of it. Um, and also I had a lot more time because I wasn't traveling around. So it was one of those times where you really get to look inwards to see what your values are 
and see that you if you are in alignment with what you were doing before. So I think we've all gone through a bit of a, a washing machine type of situation and we're coming out the other end. So what I did find was, yeah, I had, I didn't know like the same thing that, that happened with us with Morocco, where there was like synchronicities happening all the time. And it was just, it was a case of just jumping on that wave and going with it. That happened with me with astrology. Um, so that was my takeaway from the pandemic. So I retrained um, in modern Western astrology, which is very much linked with the psychology of someone's chart, as opposed to predicting the future. So it's helping somebody where they are right in that moment. And it was an amazing structure, which integrated with ease into, into yoga therapy. It holds like a nice, safe space. For people to be seen, to be heard, and to be given permission just to shine and be themselves, really. So I think we all might have hit a few, hit some of our shadows, for example, during the pandemic. And even now, I think that's people are more and more open to, to acknowledge the shadow part of themselves as well as the positive. So it's integrating it and, yeah, giving them permission just to, to be their beautiful selves. Yeah. I love Trish that even though when the pandemic hit and you had to pivot your yoga business onto Zoom and everyone was still turning up on your your Zoom courses, but you found because you weren't doing the retreats all over the world that you did have time to follow something that was maybe yearning in you. And that's when you found the astrology and all of us have always thought you've had a bit of a sixth sense. So I think the astrology has been an added bonus for all of us I've had one of your readings and my, all my family have and they they've been incredibly accurate so wow you really did learn that and I know how you have that ability to learn you know in depth when you're really interested so can you just tell us a little bit more about how the learning happened yes yeah as I was saying it was like um it's like synchronicity. You know, sometimes when you keep seeing a name or it could be an algorithm on the Instagram, perhaps. Maybe they have me talking about it. I don't know. But I just, I kept crossing paths um, with De Deborah Silverman's Applied Astrology School. I kept seeing her. And then when I listened to her on, on the Instagram, she was like a little ray of sunshine. And I just thought, oh, do you know, what? I quite, I'd like to be her friend. <laughs> you see some, I could be friends with her. And, and then when I looked into uh, what she was offering she actually has come from like a psychotherapy background and is very into consciousness and raising the vibration of the collective and it all just resonated for me when I did uh, graduate with her she actually did look at my chart and it's just nice to see from another perspective and she basically told me what I kind of already knew but you know sometimes it's nice to hear it and you go oh yeah I am on the right track and yeah, when she looked at mine, she was like saying, oh, yeah, you need to definitely be part of a group, work with more in groups. And I was like, yeah, I love doing that. She said, oh, you've got faraway travel, but you've also got being at home and being like the mother, which I love nurturing. So that's, that's a tick. So I can, you know, you can cross your skills over, can't you, through homework. So it's all about nurturing. And she said, you're here to learn about and to share about embodiment. So like conscious embodiment. So it kind of thought, I thought, excellent. I actually am on the right track doing yoga therapy. And yeah, so it's um, for her to look in, see that it's, it's quite nice to be seen. And yeah, one thing she did say, which 
it, it triggered like a memory when I was younger that she said, oh, she said, your cells here as you see everybody as family. You don't see um, and you find and it took me back to when I was younger having trying to fit in where I was I never knew so I'm a Pisces rising essentially um so it's like so flowy that you can move and shift shape into any shape and please anybody and I remember as a kid and you think every you think of the collectors that we're all connected which integrates with yoga we're all part and but we all affect each other we're all connected but I remember when I used to speak to my mum when I was little and I used to go and we were doing this and she was going who's we you are doing this so it's like from your early age you know you get kind of individuated then you come back around and I'd look at her like she was mad going we <laughs> so I think she was a bit worried from my mental health when I was younger but um because <laughs> it was just natural for me to to talk as if we were a we <laughs> so yeah that got conditioned out of me so I know that I'm a person I'm an individual but yeah I kind of feel I feel a lot for others, yeah. Yeah, well, mm. I've just been doing some training with um, David White, who is a teacher at Oxford, and he says the same thing, actually, that we know the answers when we're kids, but it's conditioned out of us. So we come back to that knowing. If we allow silence into our life, we can then come back to, you know, those important questions and those important values that actually really are our true nature. That's where the wisdom is. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I love I loved hearing and, and definitely knowing you, Trisha, I know that to be true. But when you were talking about that connection and seeing everybody as family and nurturing. I think those are characteristics that are very innate to you. And it is true. Like, you know, I do remember the first time I met you. You made me feel like we've been friends since, you know, birth. And, and that is a quality that not everybody has. And I have seen you put that into action, you know, on your work side as well. Like, obviously, when you're teaching the yoga classes, when you're doing the reading and it is lovely to see that. And I wanted to pull it out because sometimes, and we hear that from our clients a lot, saying that they are lost, they don't know which next step to take. And almost like, you know, looking up at the sky in, in search of that great big signal telling you this way, this way. Whereas what I'm hearing from your story is again, just getting curious and then taking the opportunity and just being open to even listen to the whisper. Like, you know, for a lot of people, the pandemic had been a period of, of change, of uncertainty, of rediscovery, if they were willing to take that next step. And for you, certainly took that opening and that understanding of saying, okay, this is my situation right here, right now. What can I do with it? And I think is that attitude that I'm seeing flowing through throughout. Does that sound about right? Yeah, and yeah, with the um, the astrology, it just intrigued me. So I get really passionate about yoga, as you know. I'm a real yoga yoga geek, but I've also equally found astrology, which really does integrate. And I, it's like when I, it's like a curious child. So I never feel like I know it all, and it's just the like the universe. It just blows my mind, and. Yeah, I find it really interesting to try and share what I've gleaned. 
because it's really helped me. I've seen ways with clients now where I can, when they are feeling lost, I can kind of see things and it, basically it's more of a dialogue. So basically, you know, like the nasal chart is where you were born, um, the time, the place, what was rising on the east is the rising sign or the soul. Our children innately have that um, archetype or that type, you know, it's one of the 12, but then they, as Flair was mentioned, then they go to school and they lose it. And then when they get a bit older, they start looking for it again and they come back to, to that wisdom with which they had, but they forget about it. So it's just like that wisdom part. Have I missed the question? <laughs> I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I can't remember what the question was now. No, I think that was good. I think that yeah. was good. You were explaining yourself. Yeah, because you, you were bringing it back. And I think that's what made it beautiful. I'm curious, though, to hear, and, and I don't know whether there is an answer to this or whether you know the answer. Maybe I'm just expressing my curiosity out loud. But what happens or how come that we lose sight of that path, of that knowing that we have as, as children. Because I think you're right. You see a kid nowadays, and regardless of them running around like a headless chicken, it does seem like they know exactly what they're doing and they, and they are exactly what they need to be. So I'm curious, like, you know, when, how, at what point do we lose track of that? I think it's before they go to school. So the first seven years when the... well in in astrology it's their moon sign or their mum basically is their be all and end all it's their first relationship so when they're at home in that space ideally they're being nurtured and cared for and they feel stable and their emotion it's all about emotions so they're being soothed so they can be themselves without trying to fit into any shape that makes sense and then from the age of seven I think when they start going to school that's when they develop their kind of ego. Hopefully they'll learn about that, like a healthy ego. So where they start to show up, which is their sun sign, which everybody kind of sees in horoscopes. But that's only one-tenth of it. It's like 10 different parts of our personalities that make us tick. So, yeah, I, I reckon it's before they go to school. That I think if you watch a baby, if you watch like a baby breathing, they breathe with their diaphragm and they breathe perfectly well. And then they they copy don't they so then they might copy how somebody chest breathes in the family if they're really nervous or anxious the baby will automatically grow up and start copying they'll imitate so I think there's a lot of imitation there and like subliminal conditioning but with all of this stuff though it's all about um doing the work the inner work for yourself which is what I keep coming back to so in yoga they call that in the classical yoga, it's Swadhyaya. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's in Sanskrit. But essentially, it, it used to be like self-study. And in the like, olden days, it would be studying the sacred scriptures. I think if you modernize, if you take with the out of that and modernize it, it's basically looking in and doing work on ourselves. Instead of trying to change the world, as, as you say, you have to change your world inside first. I love that you've 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 said that because all of our teachings are different, but we're all coming back to the same point. I started with coaching, then I did neuroscience, and you know, when I'm now doing philosophy and spirituality, and it, it is all meeting in the middle, you know, with the neuroscience, it's about coming back into the center. 
so that all your system can work in a balanced way. Like we say, the brain works actually, when you, you look at the latest neuroscience, like an orchestra. So if each part is not working properly, say the drums are playing louder and the, and the violin hasn't been tuned, then you can't think straight. So the fact that if you do not do that inner work, that connection with yourself from a biological level, you're not working properly. You're also not working properly from a, a spiritual essence because you're doing things that aren't true to you. So you always feel a little bit off balance. So I love the fact that you're thinking about that inner wisdom. And when you were talking about young children and babies, their only way of survival is, is sensing and depending on an adult. So if they haven't got that ability to feel safe and a lot of adults when they first have children they don't feel safe they, it's the most nervous time they can pick up on that on that from a very early age and that's already regulating their nervous system so I love the fact that you know even the astrology is coming back to the same point of how we need to feel balanced and centered and also the other thing I was thinking about when you said that you know when people seek for pleasure all the time from a neuroscience point of view, if you just seek pleasure all the time, you completely drain your dopamine. So you've got no good feel-good chemical to be able to seek pleasure from anything. And it's exactly the same thing as they say in the spiritual world. If you just seek pleasure all the time and you don't have any obstacles or struggle, then you don't enjoy the things that are pleasurable. So I love the fact that they're all tying into one and it's really about getting to know yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's doing, they say it's like the road less traveled, isn't it? It's if you're brave, you have to be courageous, I think, and find that quiet time. Not everyone can do it. I think it comes at a point where people are ready, something's happened in their life, something traumatic. The only way they, the only place they can look is in. What I really love about like holding a retreat is obviously we always look for a place that is beautiful and comfortable but also when we're when we're scouting places we're looking for a place that feels safe where people can relax and that's where the healing starts they need to feel grounded it's back to basics isn't it as if we were babies again it's I think quite a lot of us always have to kind of look in and reparent ourselves especially when when you just turn on the news it's terrifying sometimes and you've got to think okay how can I soothe myself after seeing that what can I do to help help those people and you know we're all coming at different angles but yeah the the thing that has come through as well which more and more and more I'm over the years you know I've always loved all the elements and stuff so I always go down to the earth and ground whenever I'm doing any yoga therapy some there has to be trust so that would always be my first aim for a retreat is to have a safe place where it's confidential and it's trustworthy and we can hold hold people not you don't, obviously you don't have to be held if you don't like hugging anymore but you know what I mean hold, hold the space and what I love about this one that we're going to is the amount of space that it has there's, there's something there for everyone I think because I do what I'm looking forward to the most is like seeing all the stars because it's like is it 7.5 acres, acres yeah so and then this can you imagine the expanse of the sky with that I'm just looking forward to just getting back to nature 
but um also yeah. when you said about that nurturing that I mean someone said to me yesterday so what is a retreat <laughs> and I thought oh my gosh some people have never been on a retreat so they don't actually know what it is but that sense of safety is that you just go there and be you you haven't got to do anything have your meals cooked for you you know we look after you there's nothing that you don't get looked after it's not like you've got to go and sort yourself out at all we hold that real sense of safety and like you said there's something for everybody there is yoga if you want it there is movement in nature if you want it there is tennis courts there is a swimming pool there is the opportunity to have a massage or go on cookery classes or do some Moroccan dancing there is going to be that possibility for everybody to you know dip into what they want to and also with a retreat, there's no you have to do. It's not like a set timetable, like you're at school and you have to go from one thing to the other. You get, it's, it's freedom of choice, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it's, it's quite nice not to be responsible for anybody else. If, you, if you're a carer or a mother or or just trying to pay the bills and keep keep the work life balance going. You've got yeah. to be responsible of yourself, which we forget. And I think as women in particular and mums, we just forget you give 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 and it's not that you don't get you do but you know we kind of assume that role of the giver uh but you know when do we question what happens when you run empty when you run out of fuel you know they you can't give and you can't continue to pour the love for those that you you love and care for around you i also wanted to to flag because like you know this is from from positive psychology this is the science of well-being but people tend to look for this happiness as in a destination a place that they need to get to without realizing that happiness actually happens right here right now is the very moment and one of the things that brings us most happiness is experiences and we've got it the other way around we just think that if we buy the next cool thing then that's what's going to bring us happiness whether it is a car a phone whatever it is without realizing that two things happen on the first hand there's one thing called hedonistic adaptation which links back to what you ladies were saying before the minute that you've got something you get used to it you don't value it and that material thing is there to remind you all the time that you don't care because you can see it whereas with experiences it is a complete different uh, situation because you're fully present you may take pictures that's okay but you know if you come to our retreat you can't take morocco back you can't take the villa with you. You can't take the people back with you. It's something that you need to be there and have lived then go through. And then you come back and then you're able to reminisce, every, you know, reminiscence, everything that gone through. You're able to relieve these memories and stay with the feeling, which is one of the most important things. That's why experiences are so good for happiness. Because in a way, if you wish, our brain only filters what was good about it and that's what you're going to remember I've never like you know obviously yes there might be things that go wrong when you go on holiday or stuff like that but if you ask somebody to remember a time where they you know where with their loved ones have had a, a lovely experience hardly ever they're going to be able to pull out all the bad things that happen within that and yeah like you know they may have tripped over or miss a flight or but chances are they're going to remember all 
the lovely breakfast that they had sat down on the table with the family or how the sun was shining on that lovely walk that they went with X, Y and Z. And that's what makes happiness possible because you remember what was good about it. You take that good feeling with you, your brain takes it, runs away with it and stores it in the back of your head to pull it back up again as an example of good things happening. That's why experiences are so important to accumulate. Mm -hmm. They live in the heart, don't they? They live with you within every part of you that's why we have this embodiment this whole body and also when you were saying that Lucia I was thinking of the five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Ware in that when people were on their deathbed they looked back and said I wish I'd lived a life true to myself I wish I'd had those experiences that I wanted to so I'd say to anyone listening who wants to have some adventure in their life or you know wants to go and visit new places they might be alone and they're thinking you know I can't do this. This is why you can do a retreat because someone is taking you there and looking after you. You're not alone. It's not like going to a hotel when you're just going in and out of a room on your own. You are looked after and cared for by the group. You are connected to the group. But also, if you need time out alone, you've also got that possibility. So you're not, it's, it's not either or, you've got both and you get to choose moment to moment to how you're feeling which you don't get when you go traveling to hotels I've done it alone and you know you're kind of looking out sometimes for some connection and then when you want connection there's no one there and then when you don't want people you've got people all around you so this a retreat really gives you that ability to dip in and out but still feel the safety that you're in a group yeah, and I think it's like giving people the permission some people need to be alone and need space they need to like I know I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit like a battery. And if I get, uh, me and my daughter actually, we laugh about it, where our social battery runs. So we've got an amazing social battery by there. We love having fun. But then after a day or two, it's just like, okay, have I meditated? Have I had some time out? Have I had some ritual where I kind of just wash away? Because um, I'm sure there must be other people out there. But have you ever met anyone who are, where you like, absorb someone else's mood and you don't know if it's yours or theirs? I'm very capable of doing that. <laughs> I have to have baths and showers to literally wash away and start again. But having, yeah, giving people the permission to have their 10 minutes of meditation on their own or the maybe a little walk around the grounds. Not being a snooze. <laughs> yeah, not, not feeling that they have to be on top form and the funniest person all the time. You know, giving themselves permission to say, hey, dip in, dip out when it feels right. I think it's important. Yeah, taking that pressure off. And I hear so many people say that now about their social battery. And I'm wondering if that's because we've been in a pandemic and we crave people, but we're also our soma, which is our body. It's not used to it anymore. So I think we have to be mindful as well of that. And I know there's loads of people that are scared of traveling now. And I have just traveled to Marrakesh and I can tell you, you don't need to be worried at all <laughs> they are the loveliest people it's so low crime because the you know they have very harsh punishments for anybody that um commits a crime so it's a really safe and very magical place to spend you know five days and it's you know to go somewhere so exotic and only be three hours on a flight is pretty incredible isn't it mm. i'm dreaming of it <laughs> 
especially I know that you guys listening to us can't see it, but Flair has a background with beaches and, and waving palm trees. And I, I keep being taken back to that space. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, take us there, please. Take oh, us there. Tree, then you know you're away. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, when you guys were talking about change, and I think this is a, a major period of change, like, you know, uh, through the work that we do with the corporate world, we are seeing it, like, you know, officers, employees have to adapt to these new time where is the, the hybrid working now we're staying at home are we going back to the office what does the office look like how are we going to behave when we are there so there is a lot of variables a lot of uncertainty still and that fear that comes with change but I do think again we need to in a way take the stigma out of change because I recently came across a quote which is by an unknown author but it did say when things change inside you, things change around you. And I thought, how beautiful is that? And it is testament of what you guys were saying about doing the work for yourself. Because the number of times I hear my clients and, and definitely people that are not my clients as well, but talking about how the world might be against them or how things are happening to them. And how beautiful it is to realize and be accountable of the role that you also play in there. And know that if you change within yourself and become more accountable of that, how things start shaping differently around you. And it's not necessary that the things around you have changed, is that who you are and the way that you perceive that world has changed. And you're able to belong better not just fit in as you were saying earlier Trish um, I actually posted about it recently because I think when you try to fit in is you know kind of that Cinderella when the, the guy goes around the house is trying to put the shoe in to some people too big for some others too small I think belonging is that perfect fit when you try the shoe on and it's just perfect and I think that's what happens when you do the work for yourself when you start looking inside instead of outside and you start realizing that you do have the power to make things go your way yeah I totally agree what you everything you're saying there it's kind of like um it's first of all turning on the light bulb and having the awareness that you've got that kind of inner story going and then changing it isn't it it's like choosing being conscious of and not giving yourself a hard time so I think maybe if you end up going down that low road and then you catch yourself and go, actually, is that the case? I, I'm, I'm, I know I've dragged everybody mad with the tendon befriend, but I, every time if I catch myself, I just think, okay, tendon befriend, is that really the case? How would you speak to your friends? Not that way. And then you pull it back, don't you? So it's, it's going back to, as Fleur said as well, all to the, it's all, I think it begins and starts in the heart and ends in the heart. Everything's in the heart. When you come from that place, you can be authentic and you're going to attract the life that you want instead of having to try and like in your course like was it the strive <clears throat> stop striving was it strive to it's not what was what was the power to thrive yeah so going like, from stop, surviving stop. to thriving yeah, yeah so the striving yeah so it's like stop the striving and just trust trust in yourself and be brave mm -hmm. and yeah it's just one step at a time isn't it it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be overwhelming mm -hmm. and that's why coming on something like a retreat really gives you that time doesn't it to stop and reflect and nurture 
you're a different person when you've done something lovely for yourself where you're fully immersed into it and we all deserve those special times so if anyone's thinking oh, I don't deserve this or I can't afford this just think how much you you know value yourself and what you do deserve because we can't take our money with us but we can definitely take our memories so I would say you know focus on those memories plan some beautiful times whether it's with yourself or with your family or with your friends there'll be things that stay with you forever mm, build up your happiness file I think we should have the last say from Trish don't you so Trish <laughs> yeah um okay I just it sounds very hippie she says holding her crystal <laughs> crystal heart is um yeah keep your vibe high so whatever you need to do to keep that vibe high and that will keep everything else vibrating as it should so yeah do what fills you up makes you feel connected inside and out that's beautiful Thank you, Trish. And thank you for being with us today. We'll reach out the, the details uh, so people can connect with you and, and find out many more ways of working with you, of joining you, apart from the retreat, of course, that we've been talking about. And if you are interested in that, we are going to be hosting it from May the 17th till the 22nd. Beautiful villa, luxury villa in sunny Marrakesh. You heard all the benefits of it. You heard the three people who are going to be guiding you there. So join us, join us. If you're still on the fence, come and do it. You won't regret it. We'll share the details as well in the notes. But above it all, I think just stay with what Trish was saying. Bye, hi. And just do anything that you need to make that happen. We want to thank you for joining us one more week. Please do share the love, share this episode with anybody you think may benefit from listening to it, any learnings that you take in. Please feel free to take them um, and share with anybody. We most definitely welcome it. Leave us a review, um, especially on iTunes. Subscribe so we can alert you. You can be alerted when we release.